Having followed a TARDIS distress signal through the vortex, the Doctor's TARDIS slowly materialises on the surface of another world. Alright, um, I'm going to do the, the, the cool, sexy, like, swing the, the monitor around and look at it and mm -hmm. try to get a reading on where we are. So I'm going to, like, pull up a keyboard and kind of, like, jam on it and figure out what's going on. Okay. Uh, are you just kind of getting a visual of the exterior, or are you trying to get... Uh... Are you trying to do any particular kind of sensor scan? What are you, what are you attempting to accomplish in this moment? Yeah, I think getting an idea of what's around, and also maybe a like a triangulate the signal of the distress call to see how far away from it we are right now to see if like there's like any immediate threats that we're going to be aware of getting to the distress call or how close it is to where we are currently. Okay, perfect. So I'll give you the, the visual first because I feel like that's something that you will uh, immediately be able to see. The Classic visual visuals. on you. Yeah, the visual on your your Shrek combination, uh, or your, sorry, your Shrek or SpongeBob SquarePants. We decided. I don't remember. I can't remember. It's it's some kind of like novelty TV VCR combo unit swings around, and you can see a a dusty desert, craggy layered rocks. I think both uh, Shrek and SpongeBob are too new for the say, era yeah. when I got. I think I, th yeah, I, I think, think but yeah, SpongeBob is ninety nine, Shrek is I think two thousand. I don't think mine is novelty. I think I think I had just said it was a TV VCR combo. Like yeah. I think I was picturing one like we like I used to have like in the pack of my parents' yeah. van or something. Cool. So it's gonna be Cars two. <laughs> you, you, Again, I feel like you went the wrong. I feel like you went the opposite way with that. <laughs> Okay, cool. So it's Disney Soul. Uh, it's Disney Soul no, TV ben, VCR. You're, you're just continually going in the wrong direction. It's just it is not an Austin Disney. Powers Five TV VCR. <laughs> it doesn't VCR even exist combo. yet. Like, what? What is wrong with you today? <laughs> okay, as you as you swing the monitor around, uh, the visual you see is of a dusty desert. Craggy, layered rocks jut out of the landscape at key points, like a visual effects artist overusing the same stock photo across what would otherwise be a dry and barren land. Go ahead and give me ingenuity and technology for the scan. Okay. Can I add tech adept to this? You absolutely can. Cool. Okay. Oh, I got, got a good roll for the start of the day off. I rolled double sixes, so that's going to be... Nice! A, I had a 13 to start with. I added a 12 to that. That's going to be a 25. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to give you so much information. Okay, so the TARDIS databank is actually giving you a lot of information about the planet. You're on the planet Albazar. It is a relatively young planet. The civilization on the planet is very, it's, it's, it's very much a pre-warp technology kind of planet. Very, very simple, way pre-industrial, kind of com comparable to kind of humans' Ro Roman era. The signal specifically is coming not just from a TARDIS, it is coming from a TARDIS uh, that is specifically being used as part of the doctorate program that you helped establish at the end of the previous season. Okay. So it's Albazar? 
Alba's up. Alba's up. That's what I was doing, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for picking up what I was dropping, Dan. I really appreciate it. You fell into our trap. Yes. Yes. Oh, I very, I very willingly sprung that trap. I, I no. The second you said it. I had it in my head, but I was going to let you do your description first before I interrupted you with a joke. So I'm glad that you, I'm so glad that Dan set it up. <laughs> I love that Ben played along with it. That was just, hey, everyone, we're all doing great here. Um, hey, 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 everyone. I love you all. This is a great show. Um, I'm proud to be part of it. Well, if my, um, if my, if my Star Wars special edition TV VCR combo is telling me anything, I think it's telling me that... We, uh, this is a, like, is there, is the people's co the clothing, is it Romanesque as well? Or is it just like that level of, of type of like tech? You're not seeing any people right now, um, on the display, but the, the information, the information of the, the inhabitants of the planet Albazar and its capital city, Albazar, which is of course Albazar, Albazar. Um, so all, every time I look around, it's not in my face. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. but they wear that kind of, it's very Roman kind of one folded sheet with a belt and then uh, kind of wrapped around, but it's very kind of spangly, kind of almost Star Trek, the original series style oh, gotcha. fabrics. Now, uh, when you really say it's very Roman, are they all that. wearing pink jackets on top of those? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Um, and as you're looking at the, the the view from the Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan TV VCR combo unit, you now see from the from the location that you are see, picking up this, this uh, Dr. TARDIS distress signal, you can now see in the sky, a shape that is unmistakable. It is spherical at the center, with eight curved claws, giving it the look of a partially hollowed-out diamond, or, if you like, a horribly warped model of the space station Deep Space Nine. And to you, Doctor, and perhaps to Travis with augmented digital mind, this is a Sontaran flagship. And just as it begins to descend on the settlement below, a huge burst of energy rises up from that settlement. A beam, such as one might see in the final act of a Marvel movie, shoots up from the ground. It hits the Sontaran ship's energy shielding, and immediately, almost effortlessly, the Sontaran flagship is pushed up again, past the clouds, out of the atmosphere, until it fades away into the musty blue sky. Oh, that's a disappointment. I like hearing them talk. Um, can I? I'm gonna do a scan uh, to see if I can recognize the source of the energy beam because that that's obviously way off the technology of what this place should be. And I also want to see if I can tell which doctorate student or doctorate program member is is the owner of this TARDIS. Like if it's like a transponder signal or something like like that. Kind yeah, of thing. I mean. That kind of information is almost certainly going to be in the TARDIS databanks. Let's have you actually do another role. Let's have you do uh, Ingenuity and uh, Technology again. How about I will run the scan for the that part, and I'll let Dan mm -hmm. as Travis do the tech seek for the beam of oh, the sure. sky, because that way we're, like, we're multitasking. Travis, see if you can detect the origin of that energy that shouldn't belong on a world at this technology level, and I'm going to see if I can find who is here. So let's let's both do our tasks. On it. All right, yeah, it's going to be ingenuity and tech for the both of you. Okay. Uh, can I add my uh, tech uh, adept? You certainly can. Uh, I have a dirty. I have a, I have a twenty. I said dirty twenty, even though it's not D and D. But I roll. I roll a twenty total. <laughs> I have a sixteen good? total. Sixteen's awful. I'm ashamed to be your friend. Um, I knew it. No, I knew it. <laughs> Those, and I want to stress those two points are separate. One is not related to the other. No, they're both good rolls. Uh, 
the transponder for, for this particular TARDIS pings uh, an identity in the TARDIS databank for the doctorate program, and it is a, uh, a doctorate uh, participant by the name of the Auditor. Uh, the Auditor has been a long-standing uh, contributor to the, uh, or participant of the doctorate program, and is actually uh, supposed to be undertaking their final exam at the moment. Is he actually Eddie Redmayne? <laughs> Sorry! Oh, is that no? Yes. Did Casey threw me off. No, that's good. That's the picture that uh, huh. that Casey huh. just put in the group chat. Casey, uh, are what, you going to commit to doing the Jupiter ascending red main voice? Because if you do, I will be <laughs> your biggest fan. Not the Jupiter ascending, a good voice. <laughs> Thank no, no, you. No. Okay. Sorry, I thought, I thought we came here to have fun, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what is the auditors like? Because like I know the Doctor program all kind of had their own niches of like what they were like. You had. You had like the botanist, I think it was the plant person. You had that. So, what is the auditor's like specialty? Um, is it the, do they, the do they audit- arrive on planets and do their taxes? Yes, it's a ta- it's a tax person who. No, it's it's just general kind of uh, just world saving doctor flavored wrong rightedness. I'm picturing the bureaucracy and the bureaucrats from Futurama. <laughs> 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 I yes. wrote I wrote Doctor Light on my paper. Yes. Yeah, Doctor Light is definitely L-I-T. I think that's definitely the flavor of 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 the auditor's uh, specific specialization in in the doctorate program. Uh, Travis, you were attempting to the uh, origins or the nature of the sky beam. Yes, so the sky beam appears to be emanating from a location uh, within the settlement. Uh, which would make sense because visually that's exactly where it seems to be coming from, from a settlement like a mile, mile or two uh, northwest of your current location. So I've just told you something you'd already seen. I'm a very good GM who should be paid for this job. Uh, but your the energy signature specifically appears to be uh, energy from a TARDIS. Like energy is being pumped out from a TARDIS to power this beam. Oh, interesting. Doctor, you may want to look at these results and I... Uh, on a non-swinging arm screen, I motion for the doctor to come over and take a look at. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting TARDIS energy as that big blast. Right. Hmm. If this Highlander two, the quickening themed monitor tells me anything, it's that it's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I believe this is the source of our distress call. So, um, I don't like that. Whoever this is, is this auditor is using technology on a world that isn't ready for it but um i will maybe there's an extraneous reason for it so we should we should we should get ourselves there as quickly as possible and find out what's happening doctor what what happens if a a a time lord loses their tardis and it falls into the hands of someone else could it could it possibly be that uh i hope not because that would be very disastrous so it's it's quite an advanced piece of machinery and it is quite dangerous in the wrong hands all right. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I show I show uh, the doctor and Carrie sort of like the energy is coming from the center of the settlement, so we should probably head there first. Do we need to suit up first? Have the you know the the gear up montage before we get out there? Sure. I think- yeah. I guess you're you're some. Are, are you still wearing your Roger Rabbit movie premiere outfit? No, I don't think so. I think we changed after the cartoon world. Yeah, I think they. I think I think I think the uh, the doctor and Carrie changed before Toontown, and I changed before the last one. That yeah, that yeah. absolutely makes sense. Uh, I'm gonna cool. see if I do want to see if there's a hat 
uh, like a fedora that kind of matches uh, the, uh, the the jacket that I wear. Because if we are going to be out in the desert, it is very important to protect your head. Love that instinct. Uh, if you, if you want to do a roll for a hat, just go ahead and just just roll two d six and tell me what the number is. I think oh, that uh, is... the dice actually spelled the word hat. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got a three. I think the doctor throws on a big floppy hat. It's like ridiculous and doesn't quite work for her outfit. It's, it's delightful. You find a, a baseball cap from the uh, that appears to have been used by uh, by the cast and crew of the film The Haunting. Great. I put it on. That's not going to keep any sun off your neck, Travis. I don't know what you think it's going to accomplish. Wait, wait, wait. Watch watch this. I turn it around. (laughs) Now the broom. (laughs) Travis, suddenly I'm very terrified of your rebellious streak. (laughs) Nine Uh, Travis. Travis will be wearing a backwards The Haunting Crew hat for this episode. Oh, Travis. (laughs) Fan artists, please. Please, I beg of you, I need to see this. Travis, cool companion or the coolest companion? What's yes. funny is the movie has not yet come out for Travis because that was summer of 99. And I only know that because I worked in the movie theater then. <laughs> so Travis is just like, is this a cap about a haunting? What's Travis the... thinks it's about the original haunting from like, like <laughs> the previous oh, the era. haunting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like the first ever haunting. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Haunting of Hill House was based on a previous film. It was a right, yeah. Carrie, would you also like a hat? I was gonna say Carrie echoes the doctor in the wide brim hat because uh, women just put on sunscreen more often and wear hats. You know, we're very protective of our skin. And then I was just gonna make sure that Carrie had her her bum bag and her base her her trusty baseball bat with her because i have to check every time now instead of going oh we're in conflict did i bring my stuff no okay i think at this point i feel like there's like a clip or a holster on something on the the strap of the bum bag that you can just kind of slide the baseball bat into (laughs) can i have like a leather strap kind of like what chewy has like that bolo thing but instead of the little sack at the side it's like it's got a strap for the baseball bat to like slide in maybe there's other extra straps for who knows what carrie might find i like the i like to imagine you have have it like on your back like a like an anime sword yeah yeah oh yes i like that let's go like a leather leather strap that goes across the chest and just kind of sits in a it doesn't even have to be like a full-on like like a, a scabbard it could just be like a leather thing that goes around the handle just before the the lip of the the base of the handle, or like the way like like an arrow like an arrow quiver, but it's a just a yes. baseball bat in it. Yes, I yes, also yes, like yes, the idea yes, that yes. Uh, maybe the doctor like did something to Carrie's fanny pack, and it's bigger on the inside, so she can just pull it out like a cartoon. Character. <laughs> I did not like give Carrie a bum bag. bag of holding. Come on, that's yeah. That's that's. Let's not talk about ridiculous things while we're okay. Anyway, let's get out of our time machine and find another time machine that's shooting at space Romans. Anyway, so you have your so you have your you have your bum bag. You've got your bat. um. Oh yes, I was just gonna say I was like I'm too new to soup up that well, Travis. Like no, slow down here, slow down. No resourceful pockets yet. Come on now, (laughs) bring it down, bring it down. Do I need to like put the Mister Huffle in front of your face? No, no, we're good. I'm, I'm just excited to wander through the desert in the widest wide aspect ratio possible. Oh, hey, oh, Travis. Yeah, this, is, this is going to be a very cinematic adventure. Hey, Travis, uh, do you like sand? I mean, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Carrie, Carrie, again, he's from 1996. Well, I was just going to tell him that sand was really coarse and 
you know, it just gets everywhere and you know, he might just he might just want to check that out. Did you make that up? Because I feel like you could have like taken another pass at that. Like it feels like the first thing you'd write down and not okay well what it's i was okay. going to say is we should probably walk single file instead of side by side to hide our numbers i i agree with you i agree with you it's to hide our numbers yeah so do you do you set off towards the settlement yeah yeah for the first time right, ever absolutely. with a marching order it sounds like yeah <laughs> okay what's the marching order give me the I mean, specific obviously doctors in front i mean obviously oh, yeah obviously and like to the point where like it's almost annoying to travis and carrie because doctor's like really excited about like seeing another uh, doctorate program person in, in the in in the thick of it and something's going wrong and she's like very intrigued by it i think travis is in the middle because he's the squishiest of the three <laughs> i was just gonna say that i was like carrie definitely is like taking up the rear and is like facing outwards so she's definitely walking backwards just in case something like comes up behind them and surprises I love them that. it's it's not gonna I love happen that. oh and this she's the doctor there. polarizes like she uses her sonic to polarize her her glasses to be sunglasses when she's out in the desert it's like, it's oh, like having so transitions smart. but with sonic oh so smart that's brilliant oh, oh i definitely have like sunscreen on my nose too yeah, every Carrie has definitely outfitted everybody with sunscreen because if you are a PA and you have not sunscreened somebody, why are you even here? It's a fair out. question. Carrie, as you are facing backwards, uh, what my brain has decided you're moonwalking on this dirt path and have been yes. for some time. Yes. I don't think that's viable. But uh, you are facing backwards. You are the first person to see an individual on a horse and cart, uh, kind of uh, coming up the road. Uh, behind you from your perspective there's a little man holding the reins he's kind of thin and and gaunt with kind of a slightly uh, slightly bulbous round nose uh he looks to be uh old like maybe in his uh his his 50s or 60s and you can see the cart behind him is covered in all kinds of scrap metal and str and strange technology which again is not in keeping with the roman aesthetic as he he comes up beside you before he reaches uh, you do you indicate to the others that you you see this horse and cart? Oh, oh yeah, I will. I definitely, I would definitely tell um, the doctor and Travis that uh, there's there's some sort of Smeagol looking dude driving a horse and cart coming up. Look, I don't know how else to reference this. You you gave me a gaunt person with a bulbous nose, and the first thing that came to mind was Smeagol. So okay like, that's what carrie says okay look look if we get a lamp from this person each of us gets one wish we can agree on that now correct <laughs> how do you know that travis what well, remember you can't wish for more than one wish that's not allowed and also oh yes um I think that Travis should be the one to seek it out because I think out of all of us, Travis is the diamond in the rough. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, that's oh. really nice, Doctor. Um, and I look at the the guy on the cart and I just kind of like, I can't pass up this opportunity. So I go, hail and well met, Traveler. <laughs> hello. He, he looks at you and he says, hello, I suppose. Hello, hail and whatever it was you said. Long days and You're, head you're heading towards the settlement? Um, yes, we, we are. What is your name, sir? My name is Renee. I am a scrap merchant. I've just been out collecting scrap. And, and I saw the situation happening back at the settlement with the, with the, the beam and the Centauran ship. I've got to get back. Got to get back to, to the settlement because they're, they're, the big ship always drops the best scrap. And as you actually look at his cart, you can see that it's, 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 the back of his cart has, uh, pieces of broken Centauran 
technology on it. There's, uh, there's, it's mostly odds and ends, nothing that seems particularly usable, but you do see, like, some broken pieces of some Tauran armor, uh, maybe, like, part of a, a broken spherical, one of those, like, one-person, like, uh, like, smart car spherical Suntaran ships that they sometimes use. But uh, there's just a lot of broken Sontaran tech on the back of this car. Um, do the Sontarans come on, like, a regular basis? Or is this, like, a new... I- I'm very curious about your entire society. Um, so... that You know who the Sontarans are. Uh, have they, like, invaded? Or just their ships come by? What's happening here? I would I would describe it as kind of an ongoing invasion situation. They tend to invade, like clockwork, the same time every day. It's usually sometime after three o'clock in the afternoon. So just after lunch, but before we have tea. Right. Okay. Well, that's not very polite. Uh, is it that they're trying to come in and the beam stops them, or is like is, like, is it like an attempt over time to break down defenses, or is that what's happening, or? Well. The, the beam situation seems to be a, be a new development. It doesn't happen every day. But the Santarans tend to attack our small settlement uh, pretty much at the same time every day. And we've kind of gotten used to it. Fortunately, we have an individual who's set up home in our camp and who is keeping us relatively safe. Would this be we've the- lost very few people. It's, a, it's been a pretty good time. We all love him. Would this be the auditor? That's, that's it. Do you know, do you know the auditor? Um, sort of. He works, uh, we're in the same, we work for the same company. He's a friend from work, you could say. Um, so I will, I will, I will, um, <laughs> could you, could you take me to this auditor? Absolutely, yes, if the, if the three of you would like to hop up on the back of my cart, uh, just be careful. Don't touch any of the, the, the scrap the Sontarans have taken to booby-trapping their gear. Right, good note. Good safety tip for everybody. Uh, don't mess with the strange alien artifacts. Oh, honestly, a good note all the time. Not just this. I mean, I'm going to touch lots of things, but the rest of you should not <laughs> touch things. I do I have a question. So the, the, the Sontorans have been attacking like clockwork on a daily basis. What was happening before this auditor arrived? Like, why? how was your settlement able to withstand a repeated invasion before he got here? Well, he actually arrived dur- during the very first Sontaran invasion. And he did a pretty, pretty, pretty impressive job of, of fighting the Santarans off. It's been, it's been, a, a, if I want to say, a few weeks now of these pretty much daily. Sometimes they don't attack, sometimes we get a day off. On those days we call them Somtarans because sometimes they attack <laughs> and sometimes they don't. That's just my little joke. Ha <laughs> ha. No, no, it's, it's quite good. Um, I, I was a fan of it. And then, yeah, sure enough, it, as soon as we get on the cart, I'm sort of like, if there's something I can pick up and look at, I'm absolutely doing that. Yeah, I would say that there's a uh, probably the, the the first thing that you said, like again, it's like a piece of Sontaran armor, kind of that that blue uh, kind of metallic, che- like a chest plate, is a kind of in 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 a less than one piece, kind of sits at your feet as you as you sit down on the back of the car. I kind of just look at it, and then because I've seen this a lot of times in my life, I'm just kind of like, ah, seen it, drop it, look for something else that's more fun to play with. It explodes, and everyone immediately does. Yeah, no, fine. Um, it happens. Cool. Uh, so, um, do we want to roll to regenerate? Or no? Let's, uh, there's a couple of other things. There's some broken, uh, those stun batons that the uh, the Sontarans use. Uh, there is a part of a Sontaran uh, rifle, one of the big chunky rifles that you may recall they used during uh, the Sontaran stratagem and, and the Poison Sky. And then again, just like a small section, like an ex- the exterior shell of a Sontaran, like a, one of those one-person spherical ships, kind of like a piece of a honeycomb, almost like, kind of just in terms of like shape and texture, it's not dissimilar from the kind of hexagonal pieces that you saw in the first Doctor's TARDIS all the way back in Twice Upon a Time, but 
Sontaran. It's kind of silvery blue and okay. uh, it's clearly part of a larger structure. Okay, I don't want to make us wait too long to get to where we're going and also I don't want to like drag on too long, but I think that as, sure. as we're riding into town, I think the doctor is continually looking at different things and playing with stuff mm. and tweaking with stuff and 100% because she was told not to, she's definitely doing a lot of yeah. it. So. Is there any way Carrie could like try to befriend the driver and offer him candy from her bum bag to see if like in case the doctor finds something interesting that they do want to take, she has some leeway to negotiate that? Yeah, let's let's play that out. How do you want to do that? I think I think she kind of sits in the front seat with him and has a little bit of a heart to heart and is like, "Man, your story sounds really harsh and sad. I'm sorry. You must have lost a lot of people. Would you like some Turkish delight? They're irresistible." Tur- Turkish delight, you say? Yep. That seems an interesting choice to give to a stranger on a card. Well, I like I will them. Take it. Oh, well, well, there you go. See, is it see? is it Why one of the? Complain? Is it one of those individually wrapped ones, or are you yeah. talking one of the big fries, Turkish delights no, that are covered no, 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 in no. chocolate, the no, ones that are mass-produced? You, you don't want me to keep that in this bag. It, it gets it gets places that... No, individually wrapped, my friend. I'm, I'm not that mean. He he takes a piece of Turkish delight, and he begins to kind of unwrap it while you... Uh, are you, are you do you want to say something while he's working on this, this Turkish delight? Sure. Well, you know, one time, the doctor... And Travis and I were on adventure, and, you know, sometimes we, we get into some chaos, and stuff happens, and we lose people, and it's really sad, and I know that can be sad, too, for you, so if, if we can help you in any way while we're here, uh, let us know. Uh, I can't speak for everyone here, but I definitely know that we'll at least try, you know? You want another, you want another candy? Sorry, I'm still working on this one. But uh, hey, your your kindness is appreciated. Uh, we've we've lost. We've been very lucky. We've not actually lost a tremendous number of people. Oh, that's we've, nice. We've we've lost very few, even though we've been bombarded by the Sontaran. Not say bombarded. Some most of the time they're sending troops down. Uh, sometimes they try to do things from the from the sky, but that doesn't seem to be their usual thing. Uh, usually, sometimes we get a day off. But uh, we've lost relatively few people thanks to the auditor. While God. Carrie is running this interference, can I roll to see? Is there, is there anything interesting technology-wise in this cart that's not like standard scrap that would come from a down Santaran attack? Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for that, but everything on this cart is Santaran technology, and it seems to be standard. Okay, standard Santaran tech. Like there isn't anything that's been, cool. you know, tweaked or modified. Anymore. No worries. But I like where your head's at. Thank you. I like where you guys have too. It's on my shoulders. Yeah. Typically. When we record. Carrie, did you have anything else you wanted to say, or should we press on? I was just going to ask the cart driver how how the auditor came to appear on this planet and seem so helpful. Like, why? Who? What? How? Why do you trust him? Hmm. The auditor appeared one day. uh, Out of nowhere? he appeared one day in the middle of a decorative water fountain that appeared in our in our in our courtyard, and uh, originally he arrived with a companion. You know, the companion died during one of the very early uh, invasions, and it's just been the auditor. But every time the Santarans have attacked, he's fought them off bravely and smartly with brains, and smarts, bravely. Interesting. Well, could you take us to him? Actually, I would really like to get. I mean, I think you already are, but. Oh, you're being such a moniker right now. No. Uh... 
Yes, uh, and and yeah, you're, he's heading back to the settlement, so that's 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 where you are all going. Uh, so the cart passes under a large stone arch into the settlement of simple square buildings made from stone, plaster, and brick with tiled uh, roof, rooftops, almost like Roman houses. But you can't help but notice the strings of very simple electric lights with small round bulbs hanging on the exterior walls of each building, strung up like Christmas decorations. As the cart reaches the central courtyard, the origin of these string lights becomes apparent. There is a large circular water fountain, as described by René, in the center of the court, in the middle of which is a tall, six-sided stone obelisk. But one of the sides of the obelisk has been pushed inward like a door, revealing a much larger space inside, and a TARDIS console. Thick coils of black wiring lead out of the doorway also, running along the ground, through the fountain and into the large building just off the side of the courtyard. And you can see on the roof a large piece of machinery like a probe or node pointed towards the sky, generating the beam that is pushing the Sontaran ship away from the planet. But as you watch, the beam begins to sputter and die, and you hear a voice on the rooftop shout in frustration. Oh, for Rassilon's sake! You fix one lead and you have to connect the whole bloody circuit! I'm going to lose my mind on this backwater! Ah! Well, it sounds like myself as the war doctor. Alright, I'm going to... I'm going to yell from down on the ground. Uh, so, is he on the roof? Yes, okay. he's on the roof of uh, what looks to be like the community center. You can hear the sound of uh, uh, a season three episode of Friends playing from the interior. Well, you're really, really loving this joke, aren't you? All right. Uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> also, I think we say we were cutting that out, so I like that you're referencing yeah. back to me that the audience won't ever hear. <laughs> okay. It's fine. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I shout up when I hear the, the auditor yelling on the roof. I go, Oi! Seems like you got a bit of trouble. Um... Is there, is there anything, hello, um, here to help, I think? Just curious what's going on, and, I, look, I didn't really think about, like, I didn't have, like, a speech prepared or anything, just kind of saying hello, and now I feel like I've really made myself important here, and I don't think I need to, so I'm just going to say hello again, and stop this. A head peeks over <laughs> the edge of the building. <laughs> what?! Yeah, you know, I, I, I lost my, my plot on that as well. I, I'm the doctor, and seems like I might be able to offer you assistance, so I the just kind of- The doctor! <laughs> That's what she said! Thank you, Carrie. Um, I'd like to find a rope ladder or something to get down as, as, as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, there's there's probably like a really like a, a simple rope ladder already hanging down the side of the building that you use to get from ground level to the the roof fairly quickly. Okay. What in the name of Gallifrey are you doing here? This place is a is a war zone. I've been here for weeks. Well, um, I mean, you did send out a distress signal, and I follow that distress signal, so that's why I'm here. What? I didn't send a distress signal. Help doesn't send out for help. Um, well, someone did, and it originated from your TARDIS, so if you didn't do it, maybe your TARDIS did? Maybe your TARDIS is like, oh, this guy, he's got a lot of trouble, or needs to have someone come help him. Maybe that's what happened? I don't know, because just saying, and then, like, I, like, I think I, I think I use my Sonic to, like, tran- like kind of, like, 
pull from my TARDIS signal that we got and play it for him so you can understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you do that, and uh, uh, the auditor, you definitely, the signal that you, that is being played from the Doctor's mm-hmm. Sonic is definitely uh, not just a Doctor at TARDIS distress signal, but it is the one specifically encoded for your TARDIS. You could knock me over with a feather. Oh, I, I start digging in my pockets looking for a feather. Uh, I don't How about I don't, a bat? Oh, no, well, I mean, no you can too aggressive. With a bat carry. That's not too- that weird. <laughs> Oh, too is, aggressive. Is the Sorry. group all together, or did the doctor come over alone? No, we're all there. Yeah, yeah, we're all there. Oh, we travel. We're, we're so that's, codependent. That's why I'm bantering with Carrie. Absolutely <laughs> codependent. Paka? Uh, no, uh, I'm Travis. Uh, you know Parker? I mean, there are only so many faces to go around. Just ask Maxel. You must get that a lot. I'm sorry, I've been here too long. I, I I don't remember the last time I slept, literally. And, um, what kind of a grade does one get if one supervisor dies, precisely? That's a fail. That is a big fail. Well, that is, that is an ultimate fail. Uh, I don't know, that's actually... He drops his, <laughs> um, his, his sonic abacus and just sort of sinks to his knees. Real quick, could I, you describe what your uh, what the auditor looks like? Because I'm guessing I'm that. guessing Eddie Redmayne, just based on he's, <laughs> he's skinny, he's wide eyed, he has not slept. Um, his Gallifreyan robes have been covered in uh, the local attire um, because of just wear and tear. In the last couple of weeks, there's a rubber mallet on a string hanging from his belt, um, and Telling him he failed, just sort of like that. Oh, 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 oh! No, please get back up. You didn't fail. I, I think she was just having a go at you. I think she was just messing with you. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, where I come from, if somebody dies, that's that's workers' comp and a lot of paperwork. <laughs> okay, but I, I mean, then Carrie... you have to bury a body, and then there's flowers that have to get involved, and... Well, the I... soil's really not supportive of flowers, and what's left of Professor Praximal wasn't buried so much as buried in rubble in that general direction. Oh, that's really not good. People Wait, got squished. So oh. Parker was not the one who died? No, my 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 prefet my my oh okay thesis supervisor Professor Praximal. He um he he did very well for for a good while and then he zigged when he should have zagged and well. Uh, as you say that, you hear uh, the cocoon in the sky of the Sontaran flagship entering the atmosphere again, descending as it was earlier before the pulse beam was initially fired. Uh, and the, uh, the, yeah, the flagship is descending again above the settlement. Is it 320 already? Wait, does it normally come twice in one day? <sighs> T, you'll have to wait! <laughs> and he just picks up his Sonic and just starts climbing up the rope ladder uh, again. <laughs> okay, um, oh, alright, um, I'm gonna run into his TARDIS and run into the console and see if I can find a way to help strengthen the beam he's been working on. Cause I, know, I noticed that when we got there, the beam was trickling out of power, so I just want to try to, yes. like, repair that. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Um, the Auditor, do you want to do anything from the node side? 
Well, that's what he's climbing up there to yeah. uh, try and fix what blew when yeah. the power went. Tra- uh, Travis is going to follow him. Okay, so let's start with the Doctor inside the TARDIS. Go ahead and give me... Uh, give me... Let's call it Resolve and Technology. Okay. To uh, to work on trying to boost the power. Do I get um, Travis Time Lord and the Order or Tech Adept added to that? Uh, I'm gonna give you Time Lord experience and Tech Adept for both of these because you are using a TARDIS that you're very familiar with how TARDISes work. And this not this model is significantly more recent than yours. Uh, like this is a new model of TARDIS that was specifically designed for the Doctorate program. Uh, but it's basically a TARDIS. It, it functions in more or less the same way. Um, Travis and the Auditor, what specifically do you want to do at the node end? I want to identify what stopped working and then get it working again. Okay. So I am going to use awareness and technology in which I have three points and try to see what broke down this time. Oh, plus my good old-fashioned sonic abacus. Okay. Travis, do you want to help with that in any way? Yeah. Being tech-sensitive, I think, would definitely help in your favor. Yeah, either either I will try to get a word in edgewise to ask the auditor what I should do, or if he's too uh, focused on his task, maybe just try to figure it out based on... Uh... Well, let's, let's roleplay that out. How If you're trying to get the auditor's attention while he's... Apologies for the shoestring and ramshackle nature of things. I've been at my wit's end for weeks. Oh, uh, you should try traveling with the doctor for as long as I have. Uh, tell me, what, uh, <laughs> what, what is it that uh, I could do to help? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good with this kind of stuff. Not as good as some others, but t- uh, give me a task. Hold those two things about a walnut's width apart. That is the technical distance. Got it. I do that. All right, um, let's have you uh, uh, roll awareness and technology to help okay. the auditor. Tech Adept? Yeah, I'll give you Tech Adept for that as well. And also, you can I'll give you a little buff for Tech Sensitive as well. That's, that will probably help you determine the walnut distance. Sure, sure. Riley, when you did your roll for uh, Resolve and Tech, what uh, number did you get? I got a 17. So not, not That's a good roll. Well, it wasn't a great roll, but luckily I'm the doctor, so. yeah. It's a decent enough roll. For I mean, the, I wrote a, the, I, no, the... I wrote a four. That's why I'm saying like it's good that <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's good that I'm the doctor. Oh. Yeah, okay. I wrote a that three and a one. I wrote a three and a one. Anyone else? Yeah. But because I'm the doctor, I already had a high base, and then you gave me some traits, so I was able to pull out a seventeen. <laughs> Bad, bad roll, but yeah, you pulled it out by virtue of the character you're playing. All right, perfect. So that's uh, seventeen for the power transfer. Um, uh. Travis and the Auditor, what were your roles? Uh, between four awareness, tech adept, and three in technology, plus the two for the sonic, uh, and rolling a seven, that's uh, a 21. Altogether. 21's very good. Travis, what did you roll? I was so proud of my 18, but the 21 is definitely better. <laughs> but together, they're 39. Yes. Uh, the Doctor is able to transfer <laughs> a significant boost of power up to the, uh, the pulse beam. Uh, and by uh, correcting the the malfunction, also taking advantage of the increase in power, the the pulse beam uh, launches again and lets up one almighty blast of energy up into the sky, pushing the Sontaran flagship up and out again with more force than previously. And you watch as the flagship kind of uh, seems to tumble away into the upper atmosphere and then again into the into the dusty blue sky and out of sight. All right, I go uh, to give I go to give the auditor a high five. He faints in your arms. Oh, I catch him. 
Uh, let's see if you catch him. Go ahead and oh, give oh me gosh. coordination and athletics, please. Just sheer exhaustion. What, uh, Dan, what is your character's name again? Travis? Yes. Travis, was it? Yes. <sighs> catch me. <laughs> well, I only got catch a, me, I only get a nine, so we'll see. Yeah, you definitely kind of don't quite catch him. You don't fall under him, but you do not do a great job of, of supporting the auditor's weight, and the auditor definitely flops out of your arms and onto the ground. Oh, we're we're up high. I'm, I want to spend a story point because I don't I don't want the the oh then yeah to, you're uh... you are able to. Uh, you are able to kind of kind of catch him and support him a little bit. Yeah, just just because just we're on top of this fountain, yeah. I don't want I don't want the auditor to fall and take damage. Well, you're on top of the. Yeah, I thought, I thought uh, you were on a roof. Center. You want a rooftop? Yeah, you're on top of the community. Center oh, the sorry, but yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you you but, catch uh, you catch the auditor. Yeah. Uh, you really should <laughs> let Carrie handle the catching part. That seems more up her yeah. speed. Yeah. Uh, is there a doctor in the house? Oh, Travis, come on. That's such a bad joke. Yeah. You know we only have my bum bag. Ugh. And, like, Carrie starts whipping out, like, alcohol wipes and Band-Aids and Neosporin. Do you want to treat him on the roof, or do you want to try to take him into the community center, or what would you like to do in this moment? I, I don't think there's a good way to lower him from the roof, so we may have to treat him up here. Okay. What? So is everyone, uh, what's everyone else doing? I, I think I'm looking for a log on the TARDIS to figure out what happened to that professor. So I can be working on that while Carrie does whatever she's going to do. Okay, well, we will we will come back to that. Uh, Carrie, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I was going to agree with Travis. It's always good to fix up the patient as best as possible and then move and then do any sort of heavy lifting if necessary. So I'm going to try to patch this guy up. All right. I start. Uh, I start fanning him with my his head hat. on the ground. <laughs> with your the haunting hat. Yeah. I start. Well, you know, um, it's very hot out here. I don't know if it's heat exhaustion. I figure I'm gonna do something. Yeah. Um, Carrie, go ahead and give me resolve and medicine to treat the auditor. Uh, I am gonna give you a negative two because you are not familiar with. Uh, so I make a negative one because you're not familiar with time lord physiology. But being a PA, you're probably just gonna kind of dive into it anyway. So I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make that a negative one. Ten. Ten is yeah. I would say ten is enough to. Uh, uh, Riley, I want to spend a story point to give to Carrie for that because Aww. she did help me when I had my stabbing in that one episode. So I feel like she's got a little bit of experience. Yeah, you're with, absolutely so right. I'll, yeah. give her, I'll give one of my story points to her to say that when she was helping me out, she learned a, a little bit of how like to do basic triage on a Time Lord, at least. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, so I'll take Aww, away that negative, you, negative one and say that you have a little bit of, a better understanding of uh, Time Lord physiology and medicine. Oh, I was trying to use my, my, my story point to bump up her role to a, whatever, whatever it was to that oh. level. Well, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that story point and convert that into a, a permanent non-negative when she's treating Time Lord. Okay, great. So that does bump the that does bump the role. I'll, I, I will bump it up to the next success level, um, but I'm not I'm not going to give her a negative role if she needs to do medicine on a Time Lord in the future as well. I'm going to have that. I'm going to carry that forward. So it's kind of a permanent change. Um, but yes, um, so you, I'm gonna make that. So it's it's. I'm just gonna make that a solid yes. Um, you're you. able to bring. You're able to treat the kind of scrapes and wounds. You can tell uh, just from looking at the auditor. He is he has been exhausted. He has he is uh -huh. physical and just based on your your inter interactions with him so far, a yeah. mental wreck. Um, but as you are treating him, he he starts to come around again. Carrie, hey his, his, buddy, his blood sugar may be low. Do you have any more Turkish delight? 
Of course I do, Travis. I have snacks all the time. What is my nickname? Snack Monster. Come on now. Get with the program. Oh god, it wasn't a dream. Hey, hey, it's that's not really very happening. nice. That's not very nice to say to someone who is trying to help you out, okay? No, no, you're the, you're the pleasant part of the dream. This is this is the nice bit to wake up to. Oh, uh, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I get a little defensive. You're a cisgendered white man. I apologize. I jump the gun sometimes. How are you feeling? Time Lord, candy. thank you. Oh. Uh, how are you feeling, Time Lord? Would you like another sneaky snack? I've got salty. I've got sweet. I've got an extra Mr. Huffle in here if you really needed one. But I, I really have to get to know you a, higher, a hair better before I give you something like that. But how you doing? How you feeling? Little exhaustion here. <laughs> better now. Thank you. You're oh. so welcome. Okay. Well, let's let's keep you on the ground here a little bit. Uh, Travis is gonna give you a once-over, cause he's cool like that. And to which Travis looks around like, what am I supposed to know how to do? And then I offer to, you know, give him a hand getting to his feet and then maybe down from the roof, but it's like, Travis doesn't know anything about Thank medicine. You. <laughs> Your technology didn't help you with the medicine part, Travis? What is this? What is this extra power? Useless. Useless, friend. Just because I didn't, you're giving me a hard time because I didn't go to medical school with my parents? No, I'm just saying with the technology being like absolutely going like really in the future here, I would expect you to have a little background in medicine because, you know, technology, medicine goes together like that. I, I walk in while they're having this argument and I'm just like, Oi, are, are you two quite finished shaming each other for your lack of medical skills or can we actually help this gentleman out? I, uh, but I did. You did. You did. Look, you did very good. He, he looks very nice and bandaged. Travis, could you do me a favor? Um, could you use your very skilled tech brain and go back to his TARDIS and and look f and kind of finish the scan that I'm doing for the log to find out what happened to his professor and see if you can get any sorts of more um, usable details about when the Sontarans arrive, if they if there's any information that they've recorded about what they're looking for, and also uh, don't. I, I want to be very clear about this. Don't do it, but see if you can find a way to open a channel of communications with the Sontarans. And again, wait till we can come back before you actually do it. I just want to see if we can do it. And then I'm going to go and try to help Carrie make sure that the auditor is healthy, since I might know a thing or two about Time Lord physiology and actually be able to help heal him a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Doctor. I'll, I'll be in. I'll be inside. Are you staying? Are you all staying on the roof? Are you taking uh, uh, the auditor off of the roof down to ground level? What is what is actually happening with the auditor? Is there such a thing as like a stairwell that would be easier to get him down to the ground with, or would it be kind of dangerous to move him right now? I'm I'm perfectly happy saying that there's probably some kind of interior roof access as well, a, a ladder or a stairwell or something that he can probably navigate. All right. Um, is he? Con are you conscious now? Casey, or are you still unconscious? Yes, yes, I'm conscious. All right, let's let's get you downstairs and, and get get you a cup of tea and and get you uh, some. I think some tannins would do very good for you right now. So I think that, that let's just get lovely. you. Yeah, let's get you situated. Um, would you rather be in your TARDIS? Would you oh, let's see, let's take you to your TARDIS so that we're all in one place and we're not splitting the party any longer. Um, uh, just I'm taking moment. on your accent. Gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just a moment. Um, are there the Albazarans in the in the 
fountain space? Like, are there civilians in the in the air, in the arena? Yeah, the I, I would imagine there were there were a considerable number of of civilians, kind of in the courtyard area, kind of All right. uh, Bef- watching before, everything happen. Before we head into uh, the auditor's TARDIS, I think he would just raise his hands and say, "It's all right, everyone. It worked again. We've snatched victory from the jaws of those things." Um, and the, the, yeah, the townspeople let up like, "Way!" There's a lot of cheering and clapping. Um, it's not, it's maybe not as big as, as, uh, Travis and the doctor are used to and, and Carrie are used to. Um, it's very kind of like, yeah, like very muted because this is not the first time this has happened. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a question for you, Ben. Are the Albazarans, are they essentially humans? Like, are they like that Doctor Who style where like there's humans on the planets all throughout the universe or are they, are they like an alien race? Like, do they look human or... Uh, they're definitely. I would. I would describe them as uh, more Star Trek TOS style humans, and that they look like people, but maybe there's like slightly shiny makeup. Whenever there's like a close angle, okay. like a, a, a close close up on a person's face, there's that one thin strip of light, and the rest of it's kind of dark with a little bit too much Vaseline. Lots of lots of. Lo- there's a lot of like spangly clothing and makeup, and some some hair choices as well. Gotcha. That's not okay. the best decision to make when it's a desert, because you're going to get a lot of glare off of people. From all those shiny reflective surfaces. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, but I this wanna... is probably but this is this is probably Paramount Studio Eight. They're shooting this in, right? So it's probably fine. This is Planet Al. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think I think once I, I think the Doctor probably completely understands the lack of a response from the Albazarans because it is kind of like a mund. I think like people do get bored and mun- and things start feeling mundane even when it's aliens attacking your Roman style town, but. Um, yeah, so I think I think once we get the auditor settled and we get him a nice cuppa, I think that the doctor then is like looking to Travis to see if he's found anything while he's been doing the research. Okay, yeah, uh, Travis. Um, uh, I know the doctor kind of started this, but uh, because she delegated the job to you, I would like you to go ahead and give me ingenuity and technology, please, with a plus two for your tech adept. And uh, do I get my uh, reliable because I'm being left to a task? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. So, is there a reason he looks like a Gallif- uh, Time Lord I went to, to, to university with? Well, it's actually it's actually the, the opposite. Uh, your your Gallifreyan looks like him. So, uh, um, so Semantics notwithstanding, is there a reason for it? All right, well, you asked a question, I gave you an answer. But all right, um, I was going to. Um, see, it's a bit complicated. Uh, basically, we, we went to... A, a parallel universe, and then uh, that was the Parker that you know was 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 parallel universe Travis, and then uh, he came back to our universe with us, and then was quite naughty for a little bit of time, and then we kind of helped reform him, and he actually was one of the members of the Doctorate program after he tried to help Rassilon destroy all of his ex- existence. But um, after that, seems like a top-notch gentleman. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been to school with him. Maybe he's quite abusive. Maybe he throws your head in the toilet. I don't know. But I, I just know that seems to be, seems to have really taken a, a better path. And I got a 16 on that roll. Yeah. Straighten, clears it up nicely. Thank you very much. Quick. So Travis, you find, there aren't a lot of log entries, because the log entries would have been made by the assessor of the exam, which in this case was Professor Praxamel. The first entry is something to the effect of have arrived on Albazar, and Sontaran attack imminent, 
Canada appears to be performing well in all tests testing. There's another entry day two. Sontarans continuing to attack planet. Canada uh, remaining to continue to render assistance. Po positivity is upbeat. Uh, positivity is key. Positivity is uh, being rewarded. Exemplary performance so far. Day five. Continuous unscheduled Sontaran onslaughts becoming somewhat tedious. Would provide passing grade, but but candidate refuses to leave planet to render assistance. And then it stops after that, and the implication is that that's the last entry that uh, Professor Praxamil was able to enter before they uh, shuffled off this mortal coil. Okay, what was the actual result of my 16? Was it a yes and, and a yes but... Uh, I'll call that straight up yes. Okay, uh, I'd like to spend a story point to not only finish the tasks that the doctor laid out for me to see if I could mm -hmm. find out if it's possible to open a channel, uh, but also I want to see if I can get sort of uh, an FAQ of uh, Parker Killian. Yeah, all right. So the first thing is uh, you 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 do see it is it is uh, technically possible to open a comlink with the orbiting Sontaran flagship, but you will need some pieces of Sontaran technology to help uh, stabilize that connection. You are able to pull up a uh, reference file on uh, Parker Killian, and you are able to kind of determine that he did in fact pass the uh, the doctorate, his final doctorate program exam, sometime before the auditor. So they were probably, I would, if, if I had to, if I had to give you a rough timeline, uh, uh, Parker Killian was one of the earliest entry uh, entrants in the uh, in the doctorate program. The auditor probably started at some point after that. There's going to be some overlap because of the way mm -hmm. these things work. Because of time graduated. travel. Yeah, because of time travel. Um, he graduated before slash after the auditor uh, <laughs> because of time travel. And I'm actually going to give you, Dan, because Parker Killian is, is, is to a certain extent your character. Mm -hmm. I, now that he is, you see that he's successfully graduated, Do you are there any key experiences that Parker had during the doctorate program that you would like to relate here or anything that, that he did immediately after that you would like to flesh out here a little bit? No, I, I was just trying to see, I, I, I just wanted to kind of make sure that he stayed on the straight and narrow sort of, like yeah. there wasn't any sort of uh, relapses. Uh, you know, we, we eliminated all of the, the remnants of the wire, but you know, just sort of like, at this point, he's my troublesome twin brother at this point. He's so your Thomas wanted... Riker. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I just I just kind of want to make sure everything is you know good on his end. Yeah. But I also do want to see if I, I want I, I, this may require another role, and I'd be happy to do so. But I want I want to see if the distress signal that's coming from this TARDIS was possibly uh, signaled by someone else. Whether there is any sort of digital fingerprint that it might be. Parker who did it, or if it was... Basically, I want to see uh, the source of the distress signal that brought us here. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. Um, go ahead, and I will have you do another role. I'm going to have you... For this one, we'll call it res uh, Resolving Technology, and I will give you your, your tech adept. I'm not going to give you Reliable on this one, because this is not something the Doctor asks you to do. This is this is yep. you taking your initiative. Uh, oh, uh, that's an 18 in total. 18 is very good. Yeah. So there are a couple of things you were able to discern. First thing is that this distress signal was not... It was not something the TARDIS did itself. Uh, it was not something that was triggered from an external source. Someone used this console to send the doctorate distress signal 
from this TARDIS, from this console. And with that role, I'll give you a little bit more information. You're able to pull up some security footage from the interior, because the, the, the Doctor at TARDISes have an internal security camera for monitoring purposes, for uh, grading purposes for when they do field exams. And what you see is you see a short hooded figure entering the TARDIS. The TARDIS doors have been opened, mostly because it's been allowing the, the power cables to get out, um, both to that pulse beam and to the electron lighting. So the TARDIS doors never hasn't been closed in a while. Mm. And you see this short figure walk in, this hooded figure, and walk over to the console. And then you see them lift their fig their hood. And it's a Sontaran. And the Sontaran fiddles around with the controls a little bit, appears to send the signal, looks up at the camera, hits it with the stun probe, and then the feed ends. Doctor, we need to get out of here right now. Um, why? Uh, one of the Sontarans sent the distress signal. This TARDIS is compromised. That's good to know. Um, we're not leaving because there's a whole town that's in, in danger here. So, um, and honestly, if you were in the program, you would have just failed it. So let me. Oh no! Um, I meant physically leave this TARDIS. Okay. Um, <laughs> what more, more? There's been a Sontaran in here. Yeah. Uh, I real quickly, I I want to do a vibe check because there was kind sure. of an info dump, and then we got past it because of all the Travis Killian, uh, the Killian, the Parker Killian Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely sure. So if I understand what was said. With I, I'm trying to figure out why the perf I, I, the doctor didn't hear this because unless it started playing while I was coming in, but just as a player, from what I, I I'm kind of confused by what you said about the professor's notes about sure. I want to make sure that's clarified. So the professor yeah, the professor true. would have given the auditor a passing grade, but the auditor didn't because they refused to leave. Is that what the so the the issue is that. This, it, what it seems to be based on those logs is that this, saving this planet, was the Auditor's final exam. This was how the Auditor was going to uh, graduate from the Doctorate program and be given their own TARDIS and free reign to zip about through time and space getting into scrapes. But immediately after defeating the Sontarans, the Sontarans attacked again, and the Auditor, either out of pride or a sense of duty or uh, embarrassment of being like, okay, so I'm just going to go. I don't think that's something that the auditor would have done in that situation. The auditor couldn't leave because, for whatever reason, whatever his motivations may be, he felt he had to stay and protect these people. The job's not done. That's the situation. Yeah. yeah the, 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 as, as far as the auditor's concerned, the job is not done. Yeah. Or the, or the, the job keeps getting done, but then, like clockwork, the next day. Look, I, yeah, I, I spent a thousand years on Trends of Law, so I am not judging anybody for sticking around and a problem won't go away. So do not worry about that information. Um, I mean, I can't say that I judge you for staying and wanting the job to be done properly. That's actually pretty doctory of you. And I, if the, in fact, if the doctorate program has a policy against that... I am going to have a conversation with Roman or whoever's running the Doctor program at this point because that is that is definitely a very important part of it, and I'm going to give you top marks if I, I I'm not I don't, I'm not in charge, but if I was top marks. But um, I am very concerned about why a Santorin not only came in the TARDIS and was able to operate it, but apparently is on the planet, and that is interesting because if you've been firing at them every time they arrive and they never landed on the planet, why is there a Santorin? Also, Carrie. Just gonna give you this bit of information now because you have a bat. Uh, Santorin's vent back of the neck just hit that. 
anytime you can. Just go for it because it is their weak point. So just if you see a little potato man coming in, uh, just swing away at the back of the deck. So just file that away, Carrie, as, as information that you will definitely need at some point in the future. I got you, Dr. Potato. Back of the neck. Potato, back of the right. neck. I got right. it. It's in there. Now don't go around hitting potatoes with the back because that's just going to make a mess. But if you, you'll, you'll get it when oh, you see oh, it. Oh. Um, Copy that. All right. Um, next, next order of business. Let's find our friend with the cart and see if there was any technology in that, that any any rubble in that mess of his that we could use to make the signal with the ship. Because Travis, I understand you want to run, and I'm disappointed to hear that. But I do want to say that I I do think that con contacting the ship and finding out what is happening here is very important to us right now. Again, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't want us to flee. I just want us, I, I'm, I don't. No, I get it. I get it, Travis. You're yeah. very scared. It's fine. We've been through a lot. <laughs> it's fine. Meanwhile, the auditor is going and patting, uh, just patting the console. What did the bad man do to you? Some Taran was in here? No. I don't think Travis is a bad man. Oh, you meant the Taran. Sorry, I misunderstood. That's fine. I mean, what just a little bit of a scaredy cat. That's all. Um. <laughs> I love just dunking on Travis for no reason. Um, it's as fun as dunking on Dan. Can you, uh, Auditor, can you, do you, I assume you're, you and this TARDIS get along. Can you maybe make sure there's nothing else in here that, how did you not, anyway, um, I, I just maybe do like a quick diagnostic, make sure there's not any sort of, of Trojan horse buried within the software of this and get to that. I will roll. Um, this will be, yeah, that... I think, Ingenuity plus uh, Tech Adept and Transport for the TARDIS. Um, I'm gonna, because of the TARDIS, I'm going to go with uh, Technology instead of Transport. Okay. That's typically what we've, we've done on the show in the past. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, go ahead and give me Ingenuity and Technology with Add Your Tech Adept. And while he's rolling for that, I'm going to say that the Doctor runs with Carrie out to the, the cart. And I think I'm going to see if I can get her to negotiate with Candy so we can take some of that technology from the cart, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, we will follow up with that in just yeah. a second. Uh, rolled uh, all adds up to 20. 20 is good. Yeah, um, the uh, animated figure of Wayne Knight appears, wagging his finger, saying, uh, uh, no, everything's fine. It's good. It's clean. The uh, the There's no viruses. There's no Trojans. You're pretty confident that the Sontorans wouldn't have the know-how how to do that anyway. Yeah. But... Uh, the it appears the only thing that this individual Sontaran did was send a distress signal. Question. Um, I know a lot of Sontarans look alike. We don't judge. They're clones. Does the auditor recognize the, the shorter-than-usual Sontaran that came in and stared at and went and did the doodad? Does um, he recognize him or her? It's or an, it? You've... That's a very good question. So you've had encounters with numerous uh, Sontaran soldiers that have been sent and to do ground attacks. They've yeah. done different types of ground attacks. Sometimes they've done like a pincer attack. Sometimes they've tried to come up from the rear. Sometimes they've tried to distract and then attack from a different direction. Um, but they all have a fairly similar sort of face. Yeah. You don't, the you don't recognize this Sontaran. But the fact that you don't recognize this Sontaran is in and of itself interesting because this Sontaran does is not kind of the young, fresh-faced Sontaran. Like the, the, all the Sontarans you've encountered so far look fairly like recently cloned. This yeah. is a Sontaran. It's got an older face. There's a little bit more of the kind of the eyebrow whiskers. He's got a big diagonal scar 
down the middle of his face. This is a Sontaran that is kind of battle hardened. This is a Sontaran that has battle seen battle damage model. Before. He's yeah. been out of he's it's been the, out of the packaging for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. If you squeeze his arm, the chest plate comes off, revealing a bunch of really cool scars. And if you, you can turn him upside down, and that kind of water like goes through like his guts. It's got like the green gut water. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm not delighted that a Sontaran veteran was in our, in my TARDIS, but why in the devil did they contact you? Carrie and the Doctor, you emerge from the Auditor's TARDIS, wet-footed, walking through the, 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 the water fountain part of the TARDIS, and I'm always imagining people running into and out of the Auditor's TARDIS with, like, the kind of wading through the water. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's fun. Fun visual for me. Um, and you can see... Um, you can see Renee's cart outside. Uh, you can see the trails have kind of led to a uh, like a scrapyard area that's a little bit north of the the central courtyard, and you can see him uh, and his young apprentice uh, unloading scrap from the cart into the uh, large scrapyard area, which appears from where you are right now to be just full of Sontar and scrap metal and, and gear and equipment. Okay, I'm going to look for communications devices or, or pieces that I can use to bridge this gap between the TARDIS and the Sontar and ship that you said we needed. And then I'm going to let Carrie handle the negotiations. Um, yeah, so, I'm a saddle up to my buddy. As you approach the scrapyard, Renee steps forward and goes, Ah! I knew you'd be back! How can I help you? Hey, Buddy, you want another snack? How about we try that out first? Snack time if you, first? Yeah? If you have any bottled water or anything, this is it's hot work. We're directly in the sun. We're wearing these very spangly outfits, so there's a lot of glare. And I I we're just having a really it's just heavy work moving this gear off of the cart into a scrapyard. Got it, got it. Uh mm, I think let, let I me, might have on. a Capri Sun in here. I'll take the let me see if my apprentice went don't get quack 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 cra Would you like would you like a Capri Sun? Is that what it's called? A Capri Sun? Yeah, it's called a Capri Sun. Quack quack qua Get over here. And I'm gonna say Michael is Kra, why not? That'll be fun. Qua, would you like a a, a Capri Sun? Would ah. you like a Capri Sun, son? Yes, father. Yeah, is... yeah, I think I have one. Have you, have you trapped the sun in a pair of capris? No, no, I wish. I mean, but it kind of tastes as joyful as that. But what, what, Ooh. what it is? It's, it's a juice box. So let me. It, you know, you know how you're, you're a little thirsty right now. Maybe this will help. Let me just, just have a little bit of this. Here you go. And Carrie like hands out two capri suns out of her pocket, mm. her, her bum bag. Excuse me to the two gentlemen and i'm hoping this like while they're preoccupied she's kind of like trying to see what the doctor is doing and just just what? keeping keeping the boys preoccupied what i would actually like you to do carrie before you do that i would like you to give uh give me a straight up and down uh presence roll just presence on its own okay i'm just going to preemptively say uh that renee's son <laughs> fails uh, fails his put the straw in the pack <laughs> and just whatever is going on for the rest of the scene just in the background uh my sudden character is just desperately trying to get this little straw <laughs> in the little and it just like isn't working and whenever we cut to the next scene it suddenly works and he gets sprayed right in the face nice love it's, it it's just, amazing I'm just, I'm just sketching that out for everybody visual. love it amazing um it. do i get bonus for voice of authority um, uh, no, I think for this one we'll just call it presence. Okay, cool. So we're at a seven. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Choke uh, so, uh, so Renee says, Well, as, as much as I appreciate your hospitality, if you're here for scrap, uh, we can perform uh, trade. If there's anything in particular that you are looking for, we'd love to help you. So the way that the, the Sontoran scrap merchant works is this. There are various items in various different states of disrepair, all uh, scattered across the, the Sontoran scrap merchant. Um, you can trade story points to purchase certain specific items, or you can acquire story points by returning items or by choosing to take an item that is in a severe state of disrepair. We have a list of items that we have. Um, pretty much everything is uh, is broken. Um, so if you just accept an item in its current broken state, you, you will be given a story point. Um, if you choose to repair it, it will cost you a story point, but you get the fully functional version of that particular piece of equipment. Okay. Um, so good. I have a list of items. How do we want to do this, Michael, with the list of items? Well, I think we're we're in the clear because um, Raleigh's already uh, made clear she's looking for a communicator. So oh, yeah. we've got that in the thing. I think, um, yeah, your options are, you know, if you accept the, the, the sort of broken version, it'll take a little bit of work. Um, but you can get a point back to put that work in. Um, and if you are willing to spend the story point, you get a fully interactive hollow communication bracelet that's probably too small for anybody because it's for a Suntaran wrist. I am happy to give Riley one of my story points for what uh, her good good nature doing this did earlier for me, so I'm going to return that favor to her. Okay. So I think what I'm going to do is inter to interpret uh, Kate's story point is I'm going to interpret that while Carrie is distracting Renee and Qua with the the goodies, the doctor is spending that time to fix a piece of equipment that's there. And so the doctor fixes it. So then that happens. And then what I'm going to do, actually, my next thing that I really want to do before I try to signal the Santaran ship is that mm. now that I have a functional piece of Santaran technology, I want to use, and I'll spend one of my sonic story points to do this. I will, uh, I think I have two. Yeah, I'll spend a story point for this. I want to do a scan for life signs of Santaran origin that are already on the planet because I want to figure out where this hooded figure is coming from. I feel like there's something else going on here. Santarans are not a clandestine and cloak and dagger type uh, race. They are, I mean, they, they, if they are going to do something mm. like that, they usually do it through proxies like the guy with the Atmos. Um, machinery, yeah. but normally they are a, an invader species, right? They are a, a land uh, uh, infantry types type warlike race. They're not a, a chicanery or smoke and mirrors kind. So if there is a Santarian wearing a cloak and doing something a little bit more secretive, I want to know why that is and where they are. I, I feel like there's something else going on here that we're not figuring out yet. I dig that. Yeah, you spend that story point. You don't pick up, there's no Santarian life on the planet. But you definitely pick up residual energy from... There, one of the transport pods here in the Sontaran Scrap Merchants is giving you a residual kind of loose... Uh, like, Sontaran Transmat energy that is specifically used by their pods. Um, so it seems like it has been... Even though it looks very broken, someone has used it recently to beam down from the... Uh, I'll say re recently, relatively recently, um, before your arrival. Okay. Uh, to beam down from the flagship into uh uh Arbizar. okay then i'm gonna be the doctor fully here uh i think what i'm going to do is this is this is going to be probably a game breaker move but I, I just think this is what the doctor would do is that i think that 
looking at that and going, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, Carrie, um, you know what the TARDIS is if you need it, right? Uh, kind of. Why? Cool. And then I'm going to run over and push the button, whatever button up, turns on that transmat device and jump in it myself. Because I'm very excited to see what's on the other side of this transmat. <laughs> Oh, you do that. You jump into the transmat and uh, Carrie, Rene, and Quah watch as uh, the Doctor dematerializes. And Doctor, you you materialize on the, the very familiar looking sleek, shiny black floor uh, of a Sontaran flagship. The floor is filled with helmeted uh, Sontaran uh, warriors all waiting uh, all operating various pieces of machinery, some waiting in the wings to be given orders. And there is a Sontaran in that recognizable hood, the same hood that you saw in the security footage. And he turns to you and he goes, Ah, I was wondering when you would show up. And he turns over and he lifts the hood. And he's wearing a helmet. And he takes off the helmet. And he's wearing a bag over his head. And he pulls the bag <laughs> off of his head. To reveal he's wearing one of those like rubber horse masks and he pulls off the rubber horse mask. Really likes Bojack. He's a big Bojack. He was a giant. Oh my gosh, how long is this gonna take? He was a giant fan of the Lords of Crunch, one off of his Adventure Zone. (laughs) (laughs) And he he looks at you and you see his face. It's that same Sontaran with the battle scar across his face uh, that... uh, you saw on the, C- the CCTV footage. Yeah, I, going I get it. To... Yeah, it's, yeah yes. it's clear. Yeah. We have been fighting this this child, this trainee, for days, and we were waiting for a worthy opponent. We didn't know who we would get. And oh, Doctor. Doctor, it's you. Finally, a worthy foe. As is custom, I will give you time to prepare for battle. You have five minutes. Like, like a, a water fountain from Friends, or are you talking about like a wa- water fountain like you drink water out of at a school? It's a large decorative water fountain such as huh, one might see it. in the opening title sequence of the 90s television sitcom Friends, originally broadcast on NBC from, I want to say, 1994 through to, I think, about 2003. Sir David Schwimmer. Oh, I have a question. How do you know so much about uh, Earth pop culture? Occasionally, we have a, a kind of a community center, and occasionally the auditor will, when he doesn't feel like talking to us, will wheel out a television. But no, that's none of this is happening. Uh, <laughs> okay, are you sure? I, I mean, like, 
I, I couldn't tell what was a gag and what was like legitimately the character talking about yeah. stuff. So that's no, yeah, the, the friend stuff will cut out. But yeah, the, 